Faster by, good afternoon. Welcome along to Manx Radio's Man in Line for Thursday, 18th of January. Andy's still a bit under the weather, so get well soon, Andy. Alex in for the next hour. On an open line, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, the Chief Minister has been defending his economic strategy. There was a bit of a mini-rebellion whilst presenting his annual report in Timwald. Many of you have got comments about that, especially on our Facebook page. What do you think about it? Are the government out of touch? Or are they doing the right thing and looking at the bigger picture? Also, what do you think about the uh, Steam Packets communications? What's their PR like? We'll talk about that. And of course, we might talk about swimming pools. Um, thank you very much to the people who were texting in yesterday. An interesting text just come in from Fran saying, Alex, can you explain um, what are Manx Radio's reasons that few texts or emails are read out on the Manning line? Is this down to um, political editors wanting their views on the airwaves? Um, Fran, uh, it's a phone-in programme, primarily, and uh, phone calls will always take um, precedent over the number of texts and emails we'll get through. We read them all, um, we read some of them out, but um, yeah, uh, get off your keyboard um, and stop texting and uh, give us a call, 66 13 68. If you want to have your opinion on the air, Everyone is most welcome. Um, we'll try and get texts and comments. Um, as much uh, time as we have, we'll fit them in. Um, so, yes, let's let's talk about the Steam Packet. We haven't talked about them for a while. Uh, something that came out of this week's uh, Timwell question and answer session was an admission that there is room for the Steam Packet to expand the information it gives to people in a timely manner. Okay, that came from Treasury Minister Alex Allenson and was off the back of inquiries uh, from first Chris Thomas and then Claire Christian about the manner in which the steam packet directors were appointed. And Dr Allenson was asked about the ability to appoint new directors if a weakness was perceived in the setup that needed filling. Certainly, if the board were to um, decide that they needed extra assistance by a member um, bringing in a different skill set, that, that is absolutely. Um, down to them. There, are, there is no um, finite limit on the number of non-executive directors that, that, that can be there. And really then they, they would approach um, Treasury as a shareholder asking for that um, extra skill and that extra no- nomination. Um, certainly in terms of um, perhaps looking at other skills that can be brought into the company, particularly whether that be in terms of communications I know that the board are looking at that to improve their communications with the general public. Uh, it's great, great that they can bring in um, uh, other uh, assistance for the skills gaps. Can, can the minister just advise why that wasn't a decision under the circumstances in this change of environment then over the past six months? I don't necessarily think there is a missing skills gap. What the Isle of Man Company have been really trying to do is improve their communications both through their website and through social media and I think that's been relatively successful. What they're looking for, for in the future is expanding that amount of information that's provided to people in a timely manner and obviously working with their marketing department to do that um, perhaps will, will lead to an expansion of staffing there to provide those services. But certainly they're very cognizant of... Um, public feedback in in terms of the booking mechanisms, the ability to to operate online. They have been successful in expanding their online presence and making it easy for people to both change change bookings and make original bookings. But certainly going forward, they they are looking at ways of making the interaction with the company as easy as possible for all users of it, whether that be commercial or or, or, um, residential. 
Well, the Treasury Minister, Dr Alex Allenson, of course, who effectively the, the Treasury, the shareholder um, of the Alamannstein Packet Company, owned by us and bought by um, for us with our taxpayers' money. Um, what do you think about the communication? Uh, from the steam packet. I can tell you from here at Manx Radio, when there is an issue on the Manxman, we normally hear from passengers on board before we hear from the steam packet. Okay? Um, are they relying too much on social media? Is is this that argument about everything has to be digital nowadays and digital is not the panacea to everything? Or um, do you think the opposite, that actually we do need to drag the world into the 21st century and really everything should be digital? OK, I'd love to hear your thoughts. 66 13 68. Give us a call. Um, or, of course, you can text 166 um, uh, Or you can WhatsApp as well. Um, that, um, let's have a look. Um, oh, Andy, uh, thank you very much, says uh, regarding the uh, the story by uh, about Joni Farragher um, when it came to the refugee policy that was d- discussed. Um, Andy says, Alex, Miss Farragher is unhappy that the island hasn't accepted refugees. Can she guarantee um, that what happened in Canada won't happen here in terms of um, crimes? Well, I would imagine, Andy, no, you can't. You can't guarantee that at all, whether it's um, a, a refugee, whether it's um, someone who's an immigrant to the island, or whether it's someone who's native to the island. Um, but we'll uh, we'll feature that a little later on, because one of the, the issues that came out of that story um, with uh, the Douglas DCMHK, Joni Farragher, uh, she accused the Cabinet Office of feigning powerlessness when it comes to formulating a refugee policy. And um, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a... Uh, a look into this because effectively it sounds like another story that um, mirrors another Joni Farragher um, request, which was uh, the DOI and the bus station. Go away, come back with a plan. They came back saying, we have no plan. On this occasion, um, Joni seems to state that go away, come back with a policy, and they didn't come back with a policy. Um, she moved yesterday that the refugee policy statement and report um, was uh, not received and arguing that more significant work needs to be done by the Council of Ministers to develop a policy that takes the opportunity to give the overall evidence-based picture of benefit versus cost. And uh, uh, Siobhan Fletcher has this report. Ms Farragher's views were rejected by Cabinet Office Minister Kate Lord Brennan, who disagreed. Here we have another motion before us now, which instead of actually, again, arguing for the mover of this motion to actually say what the, you know, make the case to Tinwald as to what should happen, we instead have an attack on a government policy, which I would say is, has been well thought out, and actually there has been um, engagement with members. But Ms Farragher won support from some of her political colleagues, including Arbury Castletown and Malou MHK Tim Glover and Garth MHK Daphne Kane. Being brought to my feet following the comments given by the Minister of the Cabinet Office on this, I feel compelled to state for the record that this isn't an acceptable way to treat members of this honourable court. The mover has outlined compelling reasons that this document isn't what Timwald asked for, and it isn't. The motion has passed asked for a policy, but this document is a list of reasons why we can't have a policy. I fully support the motion and would like to see a policy to resettle refugees being considered on an ongoing basis and not just as an emergency in response 
to a war. In short, the Douglas East MHK had tried to convince Timwald that an independent policy on refugees should be developed rather than one dependent on our relationship with the UK. It's immeasurably diminishing and disempowering that government documents use the language utilised here to try to feign powerlessness on the part of our proud country. We built Laxey Wheel, we raised the Bee Gees and you might not know this, but we are the oldest continuous parliament in the world. We're not unable to do anything. It seems that we're unwilling, and that's a different thing. In the end, Minister Lord Brennan was successful in getting the court to accept the policy. She spoke to Manx Radio's political correspondent, Phil Gorn. You came over as quite defensive um, in, in, in terms of your comments. Uh, why was that? So for those members wishing to argue strongly for this... Um, they are perhaps not happy with the government's position, which has been to say that actually for any, because we were asked to put forward, oh, the commitment was for a long-term policy. So the policy that's been put out by the Council of Ministers to say that, you know, actually it needs to be for the government of the day to activate any response. And in doing so, it's really important that the Council of Ministers should have due regard to the resourcing, resource available of the island, the ability of government to cope with with them, such support, things like housing and education, um, the availability and support of third sector and the community. In essence, we're saying, if you're going to be a responsible government, you, you should take account of these things, not just be writing to the UK saying, hello, can we please participate in these schemes and will you make that happen for, for us? Uh, Siobhan uh, Fletcher reporting there. Right, quarter past 12. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, Give me a call, 66 13 68, about this or any topic uh, that's getting you go to, and it'd be great to have a chat on on today's Man in Line. Um, uh, Thank you very much to Mark, who says, here's a refugee policy idea. We don't take any in. We owe nothing to the world. The job of the Manx government is to put the Manx people first, and Miss Farragher should stick to doing her job. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Don't mince your words on that one. Um, This story's been on our Facebook page, actually. Quite a few uh, comments on there. Very much of a similar matter. Uh, Thank you to Chris, who I think has taken a bit more of a lighter side on this one. Why would refugees want to come to the Isle of Man? They've done nothing wrong. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, uh, What else have we got here? John Clark says, sums up this current administration. So this topic is at the top of their constituents' concerns at this time. I don't think so. Um, Brenda says, look after the locals first, then worry about refugee policy. Um, Russell says that uh, Miss Farragher should concentrate on the people who voted her in before any of this nonsense. And um, you see, there's two sides to this, isn't there? that um, otherwise you, you do find this this response quite a lot of um, nothing to do with us, let's focus on us here in the Isle of Man. Very Lord of the Flies um, that sort of mentality you get on a small island. Um, until then, one day you might need help from somewhere else and then suddenly you're expecting um, people to be more um, sort of charitable towards you. We had a, a similar opinion when the, the reciprocal health agreement was going to be withdrawn from the UK. How dare they do that to us? And the UK will be sitting there going, well, why do we have to help out that little island? Um, and y- you can see um, why there's two sides to uh, every debate on that and uh, also um, other people's opinions that actually um, maybe we should be a little more, you know, do unto others as would be done to us.
I know that sounds very much like a Christian quote, but obviously that's a whole other topic of having maybe those kind of values inside the Timwall chamber. Um, and, and actually it comes back down to uh, Miss Farragut and also Mr Hooper again. But we'll keep away from that for today unless you want to talk about it. Um, keep your comments coming, 166-177. Um, who's this one we've got here? Mike D. Thank you, Mike D. Alex, I'd just like to respond to Mr Cannon's claims that, that his island plan is evidence the island is moving forwards. The state of our health system, the heritage railways, daily closures of businesses suggest we're moving back to the 70s. Um, I think this was part of the debate, really, in uh, in Timwall, that you've got this lovely report and everyone's been talking a lot for the last two years since the election. What's happened? Are you feeling like we're a more prosperous island? We're, we're accepting this report. We're moving forward of trying to build the population. Do you feel things are getting better? Let me know your thoughts. 66. Uh, 1368 and oh thank you very much Fran it's unlikely that our MHKs will do anything with the steam packet they do not want to lose their alleged free travel would they tell you what Fran give me evidence okay stop sitting there behind a keyboard and uh, pretending that you know every conspiracy and every conspiracy is through you give me some evidence great we'll discuss it if not Stop wasting your time on texts. Right, uh, coming up to 20 past 12. And uh, we've got some people on the lines, which is good because we like that. 66 13 68 is uh, the number to always call if you want to have uh, a bit of a, uh, a chin wag. And uh, we've got Wilf on. Hello, Wilf. Oh, no sign of Wilf on that line. Let's try again. Hello, Wilf. Hi. Ah, oh, there we you're are. Bit... That's better, that's better. You're, you're, you're a bit faint. Oh, I'll, um... I'll shout louder. <laughs> I'm half deaf, you see. Anyway, um, I'm just reading the paper here, the, the examiner, mm-hmm. and it says don't, don't believe everything they read in the paper. That's the normal thing. But this thing, uh, well, this is unbelievable what I'm reading here. It says council pledge, pledges to reprofile Douglas Beach. And what they're saying here is they're going to put big diggers on the beach mm-hmm. and push the gravel around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking it away. If you take it away, how can it be thrown onto the promenade if it's not there? I well, mean, that's the simple solution. Th- th- this is, a, th- this is a, a, a topic of conversation because they've been doing it with the seaweed for years. They kind of brush it out in big piles with, uh, with diggers, leave it in big lumps yeah. on the low tide mark, and it gets washed back in at high tide. Yes, instead of taking it away somewhere and dumping it. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> it says here... Uh, that's been suggested to buy a bigger digger for to do this. And all they've got to do is get the likes of JCK or or, or Carey's or something, and they come and take it away for nothing. Well, the question they is... Can, as... they can, it can be used, it can be crushed and put on the road or whatever. It's good stuff. Well, I, I presume... And if it's gone, it cannot come back onto the prom, can it? Well, that, that, that is a good point, although I'd imagine, of course, that, let's be honest, there's plenty of stones and soil and silt out in the, the sea still to be washed up. But in terms of Douglas Beach, um, the, the topic of the groins has come up for years, and Douglas, Douglas Council, Douglas Corporation, whatever they were at the time, um, still insists that the removal of the groins um, was a good thing undertaken by expert advice. Yet, when you look at the state of Douglas Beach now, compared to in previous years... It doesn't seem to be in better condition now that the groins aren't there holding the sand in. The groins were put there for the hold of sand. I've explained this before, but mm-hmm. they were put there to hold the sand for the visitors for sit, so they could sit on the deck chairs on the sand. Mm-hmm. That's what groins were put there for. The groins were taken away because they were of no use after 
they put the breakwater in because that took away the uh, the longshore drift. You've only got you all the only the only wind you've got now is out of the town, straight out to sea, and straight in easterly. There's no sideways now because it's blocked off by 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 the uh, the breakwater, and the other side, of course, is uh, is Onken Head. Well, You've I've got no sideways drift anymore. You, you you do have sideways drift up towards the uh, the Queen's Promenade and things like that. The breakwater only interferes with the areas of uh, Harris Prom and just onto um, the areas of um, the uh, the uh, it's basically Empress Prom, isn't it, where the Empress is? Um, so, what's the reason for? The fact that the beach, if you look at the height of the beach where the Empress Hotel is in that area, it's almost at the same height as the pavement, and it didn't used to be. What's caused that difference in about the last 10 years? Well, I've just explained that. Easterly wind. Right, but the... the, the there's, there's, very, there's very little westerly wind because you've got the shelter of the town. Mm-hmm. It's easterly wind straight in because you've got no longshore drift anymore. But the, the, or the, not the same longshore drift as what you had. Well, the breakwater's been there over 40 years, so it can't be the breakwater because it's only happened in the last 10 years. No, it hasn't. The, the, I, was talking, I was talking to a, a, a man with a, with a digger and everything, mm-hmm. and he said years and years ago he used to be employed by Douglas Council to push the gravel round about, he said, but he never took uh, any away, so it's still there. So basically, the they bit, did used to the they did used to reprofile it. Yes, he had to do that, but it's still there. That's no good. Take it away, and it doesn't need profiling or anything. It's gone. Anyway, underneath that, it says the council are going to spend another forty forty thousand on the new promenade light panels. They're going to build this wall. They're going to spend a million on that, mm-hmm. which is not required if you take the stones away. And then they're going to light it up, costing forty grand. Are you against the I, idea of it? Unbelievable, this stuff. Well, are you against the idea of things looking nice? I mean, people like to have uh, areas lit up beautifully. They'd love to have the festoon lighting back. They're up in arms about that. What? What? What's your issue with? They want to put. They want to put these lights on mm-hmm. to light up the new wall that they're going to build. So architectural lighting, yeah. That's it. That's it. But as it is now, it looks fine apart from the 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 the, the, uh, the beach is at the same level as the, as the road. But so we so what? We, there's a perfectly good wall under there. And it just wants it just wants dig 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 the gravel away, and they've got the wall back again. You have no problems. It's all done. So basically, what you'd like to see them do is basically um, dig the wall down, remove the sand and stone, then leave everything looking as it is. Don't take the wall down. The wall hasn't been built yet. No, no. I meant take the level of the beach down by the wall, so the wall doesn't need to be that's built, it. and just leave it, every, le- leave as is. That's it. Leave it as it is, and then it doesn't cost anything. Okay. Thanks very much, Wilf. Um, lovely to hear your your comments on that. Um, do you agree with Wilf? We just don't spend any money. We take away all the stones off Douglas Beach. Um, have them taken away for for use in construction. I'd imagine, as he as he pointed out there, and uh, don't spend any money on lighting because we don't want things to look nice. Okay. They, because uh, I was speaking to somebody yesterday who was talking about the island and said um, that actually we just need to tidy the place up. Okay, maybe maybe make it look nicer. Is it a waste of money just to spend things on aesthetics that make our houses and our homes and our, our island look nice? If so, why do people decorate their homes? That's a bigger bigger topic. David's on. Hello, David. Alex, uh, I just want to talk about the, this thing about listening to Parliament the the other day talking about people that um, asylum seekers 
uh, people who want to come to the Isle of Man, they forget, and I wish the politicians would have some real discussion to tell the population we're a crown dependency. Mm. We're not in the UK. We're in the uh, we're great part of Great Britain, and we're a crown dependency. Mm-hmm. And the crown dependency, the king looks after us. So if anything goes wrong, we can always write to the king and say to him while he's in hospital, can you come and have a look at the Isle of Man? We're not acting properly. And that's what the governor is here as a representative of, obviously. He could step in, but that would be a nuclear option, in it? Mm-hmm. And, and before the other guy comes on, the wind turbines, uh, the nuclear option, is, it's going to have to go electricity. Uh, but we have to do something. And, and the, 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 guy, the gentleman that keeps coming on about... Uh, are, we on, are we on wind turbines now or immigration? Sorry, let me get that clear. I'll stay with immigration then. Right, OK, go so on. The, the thing is, the boats don't come uh, from the south of England up to the Isle of Man because they've got to go through England. Anybody who's an asylum seeker, as far as I know, has got to go through the Home Affairs Department in the UK. And then I, I presume there's a request then into our... Crown office here. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice to get somebody on to give us an explanation. The difference, why we, we're so restrictive, because when you look for deals, this guy keeps trying to sell me PV panels for my roof in the UK. I'm sorry I ever clicked on. And when I do click on and say, yeah, I love this, I've got money to do that, he says, oh, I forgot you're not in the UK. You're a Crown dependency. And then everything goes pear-shaped. And there's a lot of people happening that. You can't get post here. You can't get uh, things to delivered through uh, Amazon and all these other places because we're a crown dependency and not in the UK. And the same for insurance. Leave it with you. OK, David. Uh, before you go, one quick question off the back of that, then, is that do you feel, you, we, we, you know, you touched on two topics there, immigration, then we moved on to the, us being a crown dependency and the, the restrictions that we face and ever seemingly ever-growing list of um, restrictions from living in a crown dependency. Do you oh, feel that yeah. the reactions we get to the immigration story about, um, you know, stop worrying about this, stop worrying about this, you've got other priorities, do you think that is a, a symptom of the fact that people don't feel the current administration or, in fact, the current parliament are listening to the people, um, addressing the people's priorities, doing things that actually affect people's daily lives? I would say yes, a definite yes. I meet lots of people week to week, uh, month to month, and I feel the undercurrent of unrest, mm. and I feel, feel that, the, and I'm going to, I don't mind the keyboard warriors coming on to me, <laughs> is the keyboard warriors feeding the frenzy. It's like throwing on the promenade, throwing uh, the fish and chips out, when you finish and all the seagulls come down to feed. All right. Okay. Thanks, David. Lovely to hear from you. you. Cheers. Um, there we go. Do you do you feel that the priorities are right? Okay. You you might feel that um, people in the executive, in the government, um, civil service and political, um, they're they're following what they feel is their plan, um, and they feel that long term will bring prosperity. Whereas everyone's sitting here going, I just want a hospital that um, is properly funded and working properly. I I want roads without potholes in. I want government to stop meddling in things that um, actually are important to me and then properly fund things that are important to me. Okay, Give up on vanity projects or maybe invest in something that um, makes the island and the people proud. Things like this. I'd love to hear your opinion. 66 13 68. We'll go back to the phones after this. Meet Jane.
OK, before I go back to the phones, let's go through a few texts that are uh, coming in. Uh, Graham, um, uh, Alex, the reason refugees don't come here or the Channel Islands is they get no benefits until they've worked here for five years. Um, and... Um, <laughs> Thank you very much, Texter762. Eric Cantona had trawlers and sardines. David Quirk has fish and chips. Thank you, David. Um, uh, thank you to Texter328, uh, who said, Did Joni Farragher actually say we raised the Bee Gees? I would rather she made the health service something to boast about. She is a member of that department, yet has nothing to say about the failings. Uh, more interested in her own personal agenda, such as getting rid of the bishop. Um, it's what the people want that matters. Of course, this goes down that ever-long argument. She's a part member, along with others, of the Department for Health and Social Care, but the uh, the hospital, of course, is run at arm's length um, by Manx Care. Now, whether that's working or not, I challenge the Chief Minister on that, and politicians feel that uh, it still needs time. Um, thank you to Andy, who says, uh, Alex Wilf has it nailed. Douglas Council are loose free spenders of ratepayers' monies, and ratepayers need value for money, not new diggers, and paying for something that could be done at no cost. Um, we do, of course, assume that that option hasn't been explored, OK? Um, that maybe they have explored the option of having the stone taken away and it's not economical. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but we always assume one thing, it might be the other. Um, what else have we got here? Um, good afternoon, Alex, from Terry. Headline news in today's Manx paper. Delayed start to horse trams this season due to the state of tramway terrace. Why don't our government just admit they want rid of our heritage railways? Uh, well, I mentioned it yesterday. The invite is still there, Mr. Crookle. You have been invited to Man in Line. Um, if you reply to my email, that would be great. And you can answer that question. Um, he was asked it in uh, Timwald, and um, uh, we didn't get a firm answer as to whether the department is um, for the railways that they are custodians of for us. Okay, It's not a service they run. It's um, uh, they, they look after it as uh, custodians for us, the people. It's our heritage. And thank you to Kenny. I have nothing against Will and agree with him regarding Douglas Beach, but he does need to concentrate more on tidying up Ramsey as a commissioner. Um, is he and the others not responsible for this? Well, that is a point. It's great to ring in talking about national issues, but you're also a local commissioner too. That that sound seems to echo something about national politicians and local politicians. Um, there was a story about that. I think you'll find it on manxradio.com. Um, let's go um, to uh, the lines. And first of all, we've got uh, Mark on wanting to talk about immigration. Hello, Mark. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, Gollas Gargan. Good on me, Ed. Mr. Heaton. Glad to hear it. Um, what would you like to talk about? Uh, well, I was listening to the debate on immigration. And yes. I was thinking, firstly, what percentage of people on the island are already immigrants rather than native-born? I mean, I was born here, but my mother's English. Mm-hmm. Um, the government wants another 15,000 people. To, uh, on the island, well, they're going to be immigrants. Mm-hmm. If you look around the world over time, countries which have wel- welcomed immigration have found it very beneficial. America was built on immigration. Um, and the political side aside, you can't say America is not a prosperous country. If you're talking about refugees, often the people who are able to flee are actually the people with the best education. Uh, and skills. So, if we are, if we're expecting to get another fifteen thousand people here, then opening ourselves up to accept uh, immigrants, refugees, etc., um, 
evidence has shown throughout the world that it's actually really beneficial to countries which welcome people. In terms of immigration, because you make a point to the fact that you were born here, but um, your mo- your mother's English. Um, if you go back far enough, I suppose this this island is is full of immigrants. If you literally go back far enough, because um, uh, you know, the, Vi- the Vikings aren't uh, aren't native here. Um, neither were no. the Irish Celts. No, and my surname, uh, the first record we can find of it on the island is from the 1340s. Wow. Impressive. So even the Manx side of my family is is immigrants if you go back far enough. Do, uh, at which point, do you, do you think it's more of a political football um, immigration rather than uh, a reality topic is the best way I could put it, that actually people talking about it at high levels in Parliament, in the media, do you feel that reflects reality? Um, because people get very hot under the collar with their own opinions of it. Do you think that is they do. Percep- is it perception or is it reality? Uh, they do. I think, from what I've heard, uh, some of the people who are against uh, immigration are also against things like the food bank. Right. Okay. It's so it's uh, an anti-handout sort of sort of thing. As far as the politicians are concerned, well. Other than the fact I think a lot of them are probably immigrants, <laughs> if you come down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're more likely to react, to, in a sense, to whoever shouts loudest. And unfortunately, those people who are anti-immigration are the ones who are more likely to speak up. I mean, this is the first time I've spoken up on it. And whether I was living on the island or across, I've always had strong feelings about it. But because I'm not on the opposite side it's not something i've i've really felt uh to talk up about it it was only the fact you had somebody called mark making a point i disagreed with i thought well let's make sure that we know that not all the marks are against uh, immigration (laughs) i'm glad it was done by name choice there mark um as a final one before you go then in terms of um uh, obviously we had policies in recent years of you know welcoming a refugee into into your home from war-torn countries um would you be well uh, willing to welcome a refugee into uh, into your home uh, I live in tight accommodation, so I'm not allowed to. Uh, okay, uh, in principle. <laughs> in principle, yes. Okay, thank you, Mark. Yeah. It's uh, lovely. I, to... I'm, I'm single, so it it, it 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 would be easier for me. Okay, lovely. Thank you, Mark. It's uh, lovely to speak to you. Do call us. Do call us again on the Man and Line. It'd be lovely to hear from you. Um, now, um, oh, he was quiet yesterday. I missed him. I was missing some wokeness. Hello, Bonzo. Hello. Yes, um, yes, I'm sorry I haven't been about. Um, yes, th- things to do over in Davos, I'm afraid. Oh, obviously. But um, nice to have you yeah, back. Yeah. What, what, what would you like to talk yes, about today? Well, uh, I, uh, well, well, well yes, um, I've just been listening, actually, to a recording of the, um, uh, the goings-on in Timwald and um, the uh, appalling attitude of Kate Lord Brennan, uh, uh, Joni Farragher, uh, on her on her issues on um, uh, on immigration and refugees, um, very much typical, I'm afraid, of all the other Comin members I heard speaking on various subjects uh, in that uh, in that recording, in that the reply was very much one of how dare you criticise Tim, uh, how dare you criticise Comin. Um, we've made this where the government you should just go around and vote for what we tell you um, Comin I think has started to forget itself and is 
um, making the fundamental mistake of starting to believe its own uh, publicity. Do you, it, do, do you feel, Bonzo, though, if, that, if that's the case, um, is that the fault of um, the, the Canon administration effectively letting the power go to their heads, um, which is what you're implying, or is it the case that the Parliament itself isn't strong enough um, to stand up collectively to challenge it. You get a few people, we had this mini-rebellion on one topic of the Southern MHKs, but no, no other backbenchers jumped on and said, actually, as a matter of principle, we, we're against this as well. They all seem to fall in line, and that's, that means there's no opposition, surely. Mm, well, that would usually be the case, but I think unhappiness is growing amongst the constituents who are then uh, transferring that to their their MLC, their MHK, sorry, mm -hmm. and uh, also with members themselves who are increasingly irritated and angered by the fact that Tinwald, which is supposed to be the sovereign body, is overridden, uh, road roughshod over time and time again by, by a co-min that has its own agenda based on, uh, as, uh, as Tim Glover so rightly put it, no fantasy island ideas. Well, how would you how would you um, put that right then, Bonzo? So, say our political system at the moment, we vote for um, an MHK on their manifesto. Um, we don't know what's going to happen as to who's going to get be chief minister when the chief minister is in place. He's got a, a council of ministers, um, and they then have their own policies, which is voted for by the other um, members. We don't really get to exercise our opinion on that until it's all over five years later, and then we say, actually, you did a dreadful job. Um, in terms of maybe the UK, um, which is not a perfect example by any stretch of the imagination, but the UK, at least when they go to the polls, they say, if you vote for this party, this is the policies we will follow. And we don't get a view of that plan when we go to the, uh, the ballot box, do we? Well, no, because we don't have a party political system in the same way as, mm -hmm. as the UK, because you essentially have a, a, a binary choice. And the leader then sort of echoes the policy. So it's, oh, will I vote for Starmer? Or will I vote for Sunak? Or, or whomever. So it's relatively simple. Here, of course, where you have uh, everyone virtually an independent, well, except for three, uh, in the uh, in, in, in at the moment, um, then it's a question of, which independent is going to band together which, with other independent and who are they going to vote for for chief minister? And, of course, the, the votes, therefore, for chief minister don't actually lie with us in the same way as they don't lie with us for members of the Legislative Council. Now, there's ways of doing this. Um, firstly, we have to actually have an electoral system where the votes count um, because we have two members in each constituency, elected by first-past-the-post. And, of course, the only other places where that happens is the, uh, the UK and Belarus in Europe. <laughs> Not exactly a great example. <laughs> so we need to go to a system, which, if, if I recall rightly, we actually tried in 2001, of proportional representation and a simple single transferable vote. You know, that's where you put one, two, three, four yes. preferences. Right? And we do that for both... The, uh, for both the MHKs and an MHK has to declare themselves, or an MHK candidate has to declare themselves also as a chief minister candidate um, at the same time. And a poll is then held nationally, you know, simultaneously with the, uh, with the general election poll, 
Um, and if someone isn't elected as an MHK, then any votes that they have then get split amongst the uh, second and third and whatever preferences. And so then you can have an all-island elected chief minister and who can form a you know, who can then form a council of ministers and um, a fairly voted for uh, House of Keys at the same time, which would allow for parties like the Greens, for example, to be able to be represented in Timberland. Because at the moment, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it, the, the likelihood of actually getting a Green, like in, in UK, where they suffer the same problem because of the electoral system, um, you know, the, the, those people won't, won't get in. So you can't start to establish a party political any form of party political system at all. Okay, uh, Bonzo, I'll briefly ask you then, and we'll, we'll, then we'll move on, um, that uh, that, of course, is what you're talking about, widespread um, political change um, to the, the setup and voting and democracy on the island. Um, the problems now, you've just discussed about how you've listened to Tim Wald, the, the issues now. What do you see and what would you like to, to see happen? Are you wanting radical action in the same way that you know we mentioned yesterday about Jersey now following Guernsey and actually booting the government out and saying, no, we want someone new in, or you're wanting more a soft touch? Well, um, the um, hardball option may be actually happening next month with the budget. Right. Um, I, can, I, can, I can see that being strongly voted against. And, may, may, and of course, if came in then loses the budget, well, that, that's essentially a confidence vote, isn't it? Do you really think the, the budget will get voted down, though? It's never happened before. There's dissenters who make some political posturing by um, voting against it, but do you think there's enough um, uh, the disagreement in there? There's enough people who will actually well, you're, stand you're up and be counted? You're starting to see increasing dissent in Tim. You know, once upon a time, it used to be sort of one or two. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you're starting to get consistent blocks of six, eight starting to vote against, and that momentum is building. You know, there is great, there is great unhappiness, as I say. And uh, I think Tinwald have now got to a point where they've started to have enough, and they want to take back control. OK, thank you, Bonzo. Great to hear from you, as always. Um, uh, and uh, lovely to have Bonzo on the line. Uh, thank you very much, too. Let's go through a few texts here. OK, um, the government invested in things like sea terminals, brand new boat, a lovely gas-powered fire station. That was quite a while back. Um, uh, also, windmills, a nice new promenade. As immigration, there's a difference between legal and illegal, says Des. That's quite a few comments um, there, um, all thrown into one. Um, that... Uh, hi, no to imagination on the Isle of Man. I've seen England, and it's like hell. Also, Ireland is turning into it as well. So I, um, oh crikey, the Manxman says, I want to keep this lovely island as the good Isle of Man. I think that's what you're trying to say there. Thank you for that one. Um, what else have we got here? Um, I was born on the Isle of Man, never felt part of society. My parents are English-born, and I'm English, and have an English surname. The Isle of Man can be a closed shop, Unless you own a farm or have a relevant um, a relative as your partner, it's a funny place indeed," says Roy. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, thank you. Um, used to love Man in Line with general views of the public. Now turn off as it's the same four or five people with their views. Says seven one four, who's never wrong. As always, if you want to get a different voice on the Man in Line, don't rely on everyone else to do it. You pick up the phone and give me a call. It'd be lovely to have a chat. Um, right. Um, does anyone know about the company supplying the lighting on Douglas Promenade's new wall? 
Um, well, we don't at this point. Um, I'm sure we can find out from Douglas City Council. Um, also, the Tramway Terrace building. Has it already been agreed to sell it off for development, i.e. apartments, says Francis. They did discuss um, whether there was a plan um, for development of it yesterday in uh, Timwald in answer to questions. And uh, no, nothing at the moment that we know of. Um, so we will keep a watch for live. But there was that threat, wasn't there, by the uh, the uh, infrastructure minister, Tim Crookle. He basically says, if you don't, if we don't sort it out, you don't have horse trams this year. Now that that's putting a gun to the head, isn't it? So we'll see about that. Thank you very much to who's the person, Ray, um, who says countries that have imagination have good hospitals, affordable housing, dentists, and um, we have them, but they're under strain now. So please wake up. Um, uh, says Jodie Farragher. Take a look at the situation from a working class perspective. Um, your world is worlds apart from working class people. A very angry and demoralised um, John. So uh, thank you very much for that one. Right, uh, we'll get back to the phones just after this. OK, running short of time. It's as usual, everyone comes in at the very end. So let's quickly cram a couple of calls in. Tony B is on. Hello, Tony. Hiya, how are you doing? Not bad, mate. Um, uh, what's getting your goat today? Right, two things. Bonzo... Um... I, I just completely can't believe that he's suggesting that somebody of eight or a place of 80,000 people with relatively small footprint should go to proportional representation. It's just complicate, complicate, complicate. You know, that's a typical thing you'd get from somebody who works in the public sector, not in the private sector. You need to simplify it. So how would you do it then, Tony? How would you do it? Combing. Mm. Get rid of combing. Okay. First, that's the first thing. Combing is just a little clique that sits within Timwald and makes decisions and then puts them to Timwald. Why? Right. Timwald should be sitting and talking about the issues that we have as voters, not waiting for somebody else to tell them what to do. So the discussions should be limited to things that help the Isle of Man, not stupid things like we should have a policy for immigrants. Give me a break. We're not, we're not in the UK. We're not in Dover. What is this? Why can't we just focus on the Isle of Man instead of focusing on something else? And the answer is because it's easier to focus on that than it is to sort out the health service, which they're all supposed to be doing, but everybody who's responsible for that, including Joni Farragher, all they want to talk about is we'll get rid of the, uh, the vote for the um, bishop Oh, we should have an immigrant policy. Are you stupid? They are. I mean, we don't need an immigrant policy. What we need is a policy about housing, about all the old-age pensioners that are out there without proper accommodation. That's what they should be looking at, and they should be fixing the health service, which still doesn't work. Everybody you talk to, how long before I get an appointment? Oh, six months, a year, two years. It's just appalling. So and all we're doing is focusing on something else. So it's a distraction. OK, Tony, so if, um, say, for example, the chief minister's listening or some of his spin doctors and communicative people are listening, what's your, your one-sentence message, then, as to what you would like to see done right now? Start doing what you said you were going to do at the very start of the election last year. Openness, focus, get DOI to do what they're supposed to be doing and get all the other so-called ministers to do their job. We've got, we've got a situation where we spend money we haven't got. And we've got a Treasury Minister who doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just unbelievable. In what sense? What would you say no. the Treasury Minister doesn't know what he's talking about? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a few examples, shall I? Oh. 
we keep spending money on things that are just projects that don't need to be done. They've got nothing to do with social care. They've got to do with, oh, we'll build a new office for the, uh, for the licensing group. We'll build a new trans- a trash centre in Douglas. I mean, give me a break. Why do we need those things? Are they really, really that urgent? But we spend six million quid on that, and then we, oh, we spend a few more million on people that are working on the boat. It's just we, we throw money after, good money after bad. There's no approach or attempt to do things lower cost. It's just spend more money. Oh, we'll get a report on it. We'll spend, we must have spent 50 million pounds this year on reports from so-called experts who don't even live here. Okay. Ask the government how much they've spent on their so-called reports. Okay, Tony. Well, they don't do anything for us at all. They need to start doing what their job is and stop coming in with all these wonderful ideas about how we should change things. Okay, thank you, Tony. Thanks for that. Um, I'm going to quickly go to um, Jed, who's been on the line because he's got about a couple of minutes left. Hello, Jed. Um, how are you? Hi, good. Just picking up on a few points earlier on in the show. Um, it's worth noting that the Isle of Man has two and a half million pound foreign aid. Uh, it's all on the website. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. places like Ukraine and Pakistan and Afghanistan that have uh, benefited from our assistance. So we do look after other people, and, and that is uh, run through our government. It is ironic that um, if you follow the Rwanda story and the acceptance of uh, refugees, uh, the British government have paid on nigh, what is it, 250 million, and uh, they haven't even accepted uh, anybody there. Maybe maybe we've missed a trick on on that one. But um, just following up on, on some of the great calls as well today, Mark and Bonzo, and even Tony B uh, waxing lyrical about the state of discord in the government, the, the, the story, say, of the swimming pool and the halfway horse tram, isn't there a message out there? Isn't there something quite clear that if we were in a good financial state, these things would be fixed? Am I right? Mm-hmm, probably, yes. So you're basically saying that the reason that all these things are issues is that the government won't come out and tell us, but bluntly, that actually the pot is dry and we've spent it all. Well, look back over 10 years of government, and I think any MHK who's been in for those two terms needs to think seriously about trying to be re-elected because it's a, it's a catastrophic failure. We have had nothing new built you know, for the people of the Isle of Man. Okay, that, that's quite quite obvious. That there's no amenities. The likes of the NSC hemorrhaging three hundred thousand pounds. You know, that's a headline that's quickly disappeared. But these things like the swimming pool and the horse tram, they just go through as a matter of course. But the message is, we mustn't have any spare cash. And I'd like a brave MHK or a brave minister to actually come clean and tell us that is the case. Because we, let's be honest. I mean, we, you and I are at our time to the end now, but um, let's be honest, we've spent money like water on some big projects. They've been very public. So do you think that's basically where we've raided a piggy bank and the piggy bank's empty? I think it's just uh, amateurs in charge, uh, the purse strings, um, just not carefully looked at. It, it's just a, a total mess, really, isn't it? OK. Thank you, Jed. Thanks for your call. Going to have to go. Not the, uh, the positive end to the show yesterday we had yesterday. But thank you very much for all your calls. Thank you very much for your texts as well. And thank you for making me feel so welcome here on The Man in Line. Thank you to uh, Chris Quirk on the phones today. Tomorrow, Stu Peters and Jane Paul Wilson, the MHK's for middle. 
are going to be grilled by you and Phil Gorn is in the chair. Have a lovely Thursday. I'll speak to you in about two hours' time. Christy's up next. Take care, ta-da.